So welcome you guys to uh, another episode of Backstage Pass Radio. I think I met my next guest. I was talking to Terry before he got here into the studio, and I'm horrible with dates, but we're, we're thinking it was maybe six, seven years ago. The band at the time was playing at Fitzgerald's, and uh, that's that's where I met my guest. Over the years, we've become some good friends. Uh, we support each other at, at our shows. He'll show up to mine. I show up to his. We've also helped each other along the way with some different bookings, different places that we play. He's definitely an established presence in the local scene here with a very, very faithful following. He's a vocalist, a multi-instrumentalist who has a brand new project in the works called Axelson. And we're going to talk to him in the Crystal Vision studio right after this. This is Backstage Pass Radio, the podcast that's designed for the music junkie with a thirst for musical knowledge. Hi, this is Adam Gordon, and I want to thank you all for joining us today. Make sure you like, subscribe, and turn alerts on for this and all upcoming podcasts. And now, here's your host of Backstage Pass Radio, Randy Halsey. Please welcome to the show, the ladies pet and the men's regret. It's Brett Axelson, my friend and local rock star. Uh, Brett, what's going on, man? Brother? I've never heard that one. <laughs> you learn that, something new when you hang time, out with me, bud. But yeah, with you, I, I figured <laughs> I should know that that was coming. But that was good. I like that. Yeah. So the the drive over, the weather's shitty outside Horrible. right now. Yeah, it's so crazy. I'm it's glad crazy. I'm glad you were able to uh, brave the weather and get no over worries. here. So uh, thanks for thanks for showing up Absolutely. and. Uh, Let's go back in time. Let's go back to Portland, Texas. Okay. Okay. Up until recently, I don't, I don't really know that I knew where Portland, Texas was, but yeah. it's uh, on the Corpus Christi Bay, right? Yes. Um, down yes, in the is. Corpus area. And this is where you grew up. Yes. Right? I, well, I was born in Houston uh, at Herman Hospital, but then we moved half of third grade. We moved to Portland, Texas. We've never heard of it either, obviously, but I was, and I was only in third grade, so I was just a kid, but it's eight miles north of you know of corpus christi okay and you go over a couple of big bridges and you're sure. right in the big old heart of corpus christi so that's we're just in this little town it was about maybe a twelve thousand, you know people twelve thousand population i think wow. or something like that so we're real small and what and what took the family there back my, in the day oil field oil okay yeah, oil. that's that's oh, usually yeah. why everybody's Texas, transplanted baby. you're either in the military and get transplanted <laughs> yeah or you're oil and gas and you're you're that's from it. somewhere else that's yeah right. who was who was Brett Axelson the kid? Like growing up, what was Brett into? Were you a, a sports guy? Were you always a music guy? Like, where, talk to me or like intermediate sports. school, you were a sports guy. Uh, that was my dad was a uh, professional ball player uh, in the minor leagues, and he uh, had an opportunity to be signed with the 53 New York Yankees. And oh, nice. Believe this or not, he turned it down because he wanted to have a family. And so here I am. Nice. Uh, for, and, and so. But my dad was so wanted his kids, my brother and I, uh, I have a sister also, but he wanted my brother and I, uh, he, my brother was two years older than I, he wanted to live through us through sports. So he would make us try to be baseball players, sure. try to be baseball players. And my sister was the one who loved music, even though she didn't play anything, loved music. So loved to listen and loved whatnot, right? to listen. Okay. So okay. she, and the other thing was cool is, is she would always make me, li- my brother didn't really want to listen, but I did. 
And I caught myself loving sitting with my sister in her room, listening to these, these 45 records. Yeah. And I will never forget the one that made me just go, this is it. I love it. It was a, it was a Beatles in the, uh, the A side was help. And the B side was I'm down. And when I heard I'm down, that's you were down. You were down because it was rock. It was like, wow, yeah. what is this? And the other thing I like of, the, of help was the harmonies. So between the harmonies, I heard that it just was like, wow, that, that is it. so cool. And then the guitar part of the heavy stuff that was uh, that's what got me started. Yeah. And, and then musically, I finally found a guitar. I, it was a four strings. It was six string acoustic and only had four. Two wow. of them were gone. And I just would play it at twelve and try because it was my that's best awesome. friend's grand granddad's guitar and we'll and we'll definitely jump into kind of what you know what you started playing and that type of thing but your sister loved the music you were the sports guy and and she kind of got you turned on to music and that's when the love no kind of not even a question I mean it was so strong uh of I I didn't know how to uh, get it I didn't know how I just knew I wish I could do it and then when I saw them play in New York at Madison, I mean, at the stadium mm-hmm. uh, in 68 or 9, when, whenever the Beatles played that yep. stadium on TV, that's when I was like, wow, okay, so that music I heard, that's them, and look what they're playing for right. in front of. I, I knew, what do I, how could I ever, and I thought, no. Nah. I'm I sure mean, it was madness, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, just the people there were just go, they were going nuts over it's the insane, Beatles. You know, right? Yes, what I meant. So, what, what, and the girls are going crazy and just, oh, yeah. honestly, but it wasn't about the girl thing at all. It was the, it was the music that I just thought, but, I, but anyway, long story short, I didn't take into it. I did, but didn't, I would just piddle, piddle, sure. piddle, piddle, playing, by, playing, playing baseball, playing baseball. And then I burn out my junior year. I just couldn't take it anymore. Didn't want to do it and anymore. And I quit. And yeah. I just started focusing on music. That was that was the end of it. I just you you find that a lot. I think when the uh, when the parent tends to live vicariously through the kid, like they wanted to be either a ball player or a firefighter, they tend to push the kid in that direction, yes. and they. They don't realize it, but they push so hard that it just becomes repulsive to them after a while. And, and you know, like my son, Brandon, who I'm playing shows with now, there was always guitars in the house. But I never said, dude, you're taking guitar lessons. You're learning to play this thing and you're going to be better than me and blah, 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 blah. It just happened organically. Just they, the they were way. there. And one day, probably around 15, 16 years old, he just started playing around with it. And that's where it went. But I never forced him to sit down. And, yeah. and play. I was a classical pianist, right? But right. but my parents never forced me into that. It was something that I wanted to do because I had that love, like the sound, the tone. It just, right. like, it did something for me. Well, right? the two words, Randy, you know, is need and want. Yeah. You know, uh, my dad, he needed us to play ball for yeah. him. But I wanted to play music. Yeah. And the, those two words are everything. Absolutely. Because when you want something, you know, like if, if you, if I tell you, I need to lose weight, by golly, I've got to lose weight mm-hmm. or I need to lose weight. Yeah. That's a, that's a, two different hand. things. Yeah. It's two different but things. when you want, it's in your heart. And, yeah. and so that's, I've always tried to tell people want something. It's hard to, yeah, my mama, my nickname was when I was younger, my mom would tell me I'm like a bulldozer. Yeah. She said, man, Brett, 
what you are just carefree. You just bounce around and you love everything. But when you make up your mind, it gets done. Right? Nobody stops you. you well, just and we and plow we, through and get it exactly. And we talked about before we started airing the show here. We talked about wants like five, six thousand, eight thousand dollar microphones. Right? <laughs> exactly. We we all want those uh, things. What we want, do. what we want, and what we get are sometimes two different things. Yeah. So we've, we've been in Portland, Texas, this, you know, Brett was the ball player, kind of fell in love with music and then started my first band actually there. Oh, did you? Yes. Okay. My first band started in Portland and was called the, the free, I know it sounds hilarious, but it was called the free agents. Okay. Okay. The, nice we, baseball reference, like, right? I did sure. it from through my dad. Yeah. Okay. I thought, I'm, I'm going to call it the free agents, so, you know, like that. And then we eventually, eventually, obviously, just turned it into the agents. Okay. okay, and that band went for about three years, and we played all of the, all the circuit and corpus. And I just was bored at that point. After three years, I wanted more. I wanted right. to, so I talk, talk, tried to tell the band, you know, because that was when things were blowing up in L.A. Okay. And I told them, "Let's go." What was this like are, like early eighties, or what are we talking about? Eighty three, yeah, yeah. yeah eighty three, okay. eighty four. And I said, "Guys, come on." It's, we have, we have all the songs we, you know, I, I was writing since, you know, I've been writing since I started. I just immediately started writing songs. So I had a, you know, tons of songs to, right. to work with and they were so young. I was like four years older than they were and they just didn't have that. They were scared yeah. and I don't blame them. And, but I did, I went ahead and quit the band, went to LA, auditioned for a couple of bands, but didn't really, it, that's not my, it wasn't my circuit. wasn't my people wasn't my state sure, that makes sense uh it, it's not nothing against la or anything right. i'm just saying it just didn't fit my, me my personality right. yep because i grew up in a little tiny twelve thousand town right so it was kind of too much for me yeah uh i came home my mom said why don't you go to austin a girl that i knew in sinton sinton's just outside of portland yep real close and she knew a guy that was going to university of texas and uh said he's looking for a band a singer to be in a band in austin he was in a band okay and fraternity and so that's what happened. I ended up going up there, got the gig. That's where Double Take started in Austin, Texas. Okay. Yeah, that's, a, that's six. Six. Okay, 86. So that that's a great segue into that. And it's funny, you said something earlier about, uh, you talked about the B-side of a 45, right? Yeah. And I was going to tell you then that, some of the people that I'm going to have on the show that have agreed to do interviews will not have a clue what a 45 even is. Right. So, so weird? we're, we're like, I'm, I know exactly what you're talking about. I have a 45 <laughs> record. Randy. Right. Right. I, re, I have a actual Brett Axelson 45 no record kidding. with an A and B side. Yeah. Yeah. It's Missy song is on the A side and you don't know is on the B side. So you must be what, 93, 94? <laughs> well, let, matter of fact, I need to do a change my depends. I'll be right back. No, just kidding. Well, for that, we'll take a break. No, no, just kidding. So great segue. You, you're in Austin. So did, did the music take you to Austin? Is that, is that why you went to Austin? Or Absolutely. was there another underlying reason of um, why you wound up there? Two reasons. Okay. Music, period. But my family, my uh, aunt and uh, my cousin, lived there and two of my very good friends lived in Austin. Okay. So I knew I would have a place to stay to get started and then eventually, you know, get my own place eventually. So sure. I, so it was between family and knowing I had that support system to, to not be afraid, yeah. not be scared to go and just give it my, give it a 
a shot. So you didn't walk in there cold. I mean, yes. there was people yeah. that you knew, knew there. Was, you had yes. the support system. Yeah. And that, that was everything. What do you remember about the the music scene in Austin around that time? Oh was it God. banging? Was it oh was it God. not? Or I mean, awesome, really? Oh my God! Sixth Street was the street. Sure, and uh, it didn't get any better than those times to me. I've never seen anything like it because the clubs literally were across the street from each other. So we would, this is our true, what we would do. We, let's say we, I'm just going to call out a couple of places we played like Maggie Mays. So we would play Maggie Mays on the corner of Trinity and sixth street and right across the street was Toulouse on Caddy corner. And so we would do a, our show on whatever, day, let's just say Sunday. And then we would do Sunday. And then Monday we would go over there and literally just grab our gear, un, like the drums, not even break them down. Just really? walk across the street with our drum kit in our hand, put them in there, set them up, put our amps up. And that's how it, and it, it was that way from one end to the other of the uh, of 6th Street. So years. was this So was this the Richmond Strip on steroids? Um, yes. I mean, more than steroids. I mean, it was it literally... Everyone was there. I mean, it was just, a, everyone was there. It was just a big supply and demand. Sure. Big supply and demand of, of all these uh, cover bands. Yeah. The original bands, even on that street, there was the Black Cat, all blues original bands. Okay. Then there was Steamboat, obviously. Steamboat was gigantor. Uh, that's where Stevie Ray Vaughan played all the time. Eric Johnson played all the time. Oh. You know, we would go Some walk, we would go watch yeah. them. I sat yeah. right there in, in just when they were sound checking. Yeah. I mean, they were they weren't even blown up yet. So I was in such a great, I had the best, it was the best time of my life because I got to sit there and watch Stevie Ray right there and wow. watch him turn into Stevie Ray. Yeah. And it was in Antones. You know, he played in Antones all the time. The fabulous T-Birds. Oh, yeah. We'd watch them all the time. Who's, who's Stevie Ray's brother was in the, yes. the fabulous oh, yeah. T-Bird, yeah. Jimmy Ray, yeah. Jimmy Vaughn, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, and uh, uh, like uh, Chick Corea, oh, yeah. for example. Yeah just a ridiculous band you know, and all the musicians and we got to go they invited us into the club to watch them do their sound check yeah. you know so i got it was that kind of thing everybody yeah. was cool everybody was, nobody was like you know we're better than you right or, no it was well now like, it's like it's it's kind of it's like a mystique like if my son brandon was sitting here listening to this right now he'd say Man, you sit in the same room with Stevie Ray Vaughan because he's become so influenced by Stevie Ray Vaughan and his playing, and he's yeah. he's oh, he's man. learning to play like Stevie Ray, like who doesn't? Everybody wants to play like Hendrix and Stevie Ray yes. and yes. and whatnot. But uh, just to say that you were there in those times, it's kind of like for for me, like saying, "Man, I saw the Beatles or whatever or Led Zeppelin." Like I never got to see Led Zeppelin, but me they either. were such a huge me influence either. for me. Same. Uh, but for people that said, "Man, I saw." Zeppelin back in 78 at blah, blah, blah. It's like, wow, that's, yeah. I couldn't imagine her seeing this band at Woodstock even, you know, we, that, I mean, we were yeah. just babies then I know, for, yeah. for the most part. Right. And, and but, we uh, were, yeah. I was, I was, you know, I was 25, 26, yeah. you know, and, uh, but it was so nice, man. Like I said, I mean, Eric Johnson was about as, you know, he's one of the, uh, just a phenomenal uh, guitarist yeah. and actually good, great singer too. But mainly, obviously, a virtuoso on the guitar, and, sure. and but he was about as nice as it could be. I Very mean, humble. I would meet him at, yeah. like I would go to uh, Music Makers as one of the stores at the time, or Ray Hennings. You know, we go into Ray Hennings or go to Music Makers, and there's there he is. They're just, there, yeah. Just getting his amp, you know, yeah. maybe tweaked out sure. or something. And I'd be just, you know, hey, what's up? You know, and he'd go, hey, you know, good to see you. And I go, 
well, I'm, I'm Brett with, you know, I play in a band called Double. He goes, yeah, Double Take. I see y'all play at Maggie Mays all the time. I mean, so that's what I mean. It was like, yeah, it was all, like almost family there. Everyone right? knew everyone. Yeah. It wasn't, even though he was so light years of, of, of over us. Right. He didn't act that way. Interesting. Very nice, you know. So we talked a little bit earlier about, so you're, you're in double take, you're in Austin yeah. and you burn your vocal cords, I did. right? Tell the listeners about what, what does that even mean for somebody that's a, a non vocalist, right? Well, that doesn't sing. Well, here's the big one. I mean, look, gigs are gigs and it's, and when you're hungry and you want to make the money and you want to get your name out there, I understand. Cause I, that's what I wanted, but we were literally playing 300 shows a year. Okay, so when you're singing 300 shows a year and you're doing three hours a night singing, mm-hmm. it is a massive load on the vocal cords. And so I let's just put it this way. I was also partaking in the, maybe the wrong things while I was performing and and uh, wasn't helping my vocal cords. I screamed a lot. The more I drank, the more I'd scream, mm-hmm. you know, so all those things I did wrong. I burned my vocal cord. What I mean by burned it, I just kind of. Uh, I just uh, singed it, uh, the tip, the edge of the vocal cord got blistered. He he calls it blistered. And it basically turned into a polyp over the years. And thank God it wasn't cancer. They took, you know, it was benign. It was no, so that was great. And then after that, I I had to have vocal surgery, which was scary, scary, scary. For a vocalist, for sure. Oh, my God. Scared. But I was fortunate to have the great Richard Stasny to do the surgery who happens to, you know, he, he resides in, in Houston, Texas. I was lucky. Uh, he's the same guy that does all the big, everyone. He done surgery. It's on all kinds of big people. Well, he did uh, Steven Tyler, right? Uh, um, Linda Rodstad. Yeah. Pa- Pavarotti. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my goodness. Matter of fact, his walls are full of just nothing but people that Madonna flew him out no kidding. to LA to take a look at her cords and stuff. So this is how this is the guy I was fortunate enough to be able to get the vocal surgery and thank God it's been now 11 years or 12 and, years. And I can still, I can still sing. And no so, post issues from that. No, like no uh, tiring of the, of no, the vocals. No. I mean, you were probably doing somewhere between two fifty three hundred 300 shows at, 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 at time. At, yeah. So that's a strain. Like I, I know that at, at my peak and I, and I'm just a part-time musician, but uh, even at 130 shows a year was the, the most I ever did. And that's, that's a lot, it's you know, lot. and, and you don't think much about it, but when you're, you know, you go down to places like Jackie's brick house and it's a four hour show that you're, you're into almost 10, let's see, 10, 20, probably 40 songs that you're doing for a four-hour show. By know. myself. Yeah, Because exactly. right now I'm on a solo situation. So yes. for all of y'all out there wondering, Brett Axelson, I'm a, yeah, I'm a singer-songwriter, and I, I do a solo show right now. But also, like Randy just said, I we just started Axelson. But, yep. but I still, even in Axelson, I am the only singer-singer. Singer. So okay. when I'm doing these shows, like you're saying, they're I'm singing three one-hour yeah. shows. Yep. And so I have to be super smart uh, watch the set list. No warm up. Oh my yeah. gosh. If there's anybody listening, any of you singers warm up 40, 45 minutes. Hum. I don't care what you do. Just hum, do low hums, you know, ooh, or any yeah. of those little things. They all help. It sure. eventually warms your chords up, believe it or not. Yeah. And when you go to sing that first song, it's not it's straining ready. you. Yep. And yes. I, and I get in the habit of, uh, I'll put on some music on my way to a show Me and too. just, I'll, I'll just kind of sing it under my breath to warm too. up. Too. I don't really do any 
quote unquote vocal exercises. It's more just, you know, I'll sing some of the song in a falsetto voice, yes. some in a full voice, Absolutely. but I don't, but I'm not trying to like match the, the Ball. volume of what's coming out of the <laughs> yeah. speakers. Cause I like my music oh, really loud in the too. car. So that's great. Post-surgery, no issues. Nope. The vocals are stronger it's than ever. Really well. uh, yeah. I've seen some shows and, Hanging and, uh, I, I would concur that, uh, the vocals sound great. Walk me through what you think is the genre or the genres that shaped you as a young kid specifically like you uh, and i know you kind of answered that before like the beatles but was it rock and roll that was always it for you or did you drift in and out of different genres along the way it was rock from the beginning straight up and i'm i hate to sit there and and admit it okay but i'm going to everybody okay so listen yes i I loved rock acdc judas priest scorpions maiden all those I know what know, he's fixing to say. Okay, I loved all those. That's what I jammed to, man. But I got to tell you, I did a lot of listening to Bread. I, That's good stuff, man. The guitar stuff. man. I yes. listened to a lot all of, of those. Yes, America. Yes, Bread. James Taylor, Jim Croce. I mean, all these guys. You know, and, oh Jerry Reed. Mm. What a guitar picker! What right? a great guitar yeah. picker! And so th- these dudes made me uh, see there was another whole world sure other than what i was thinking was that's it yeah. it's just rock i'm a we're gonna be a rock guy you know yep. and it really made me go hang on you know maybe i should just listen to more things and so then it all of a sudden i'll know the i remember the one that really turned me around then from the rock and is the cars first album sure okay yeah so when the cars first album came out all of us rock guys we're all sitting there going what the hell is that i mean seriously (laughs) we were were dogging it you know right kind of kind of crap is that you know and i'm not kidding you within about probably a month every every one of us quietly went and bought the cd sure you know i mean i'm sorry the eight track the eight track Uh, yeah (laughs) we did so we bought the eight track and nobody wanted to admit it none of our friends you know we were all and finally one of them just I bought it, man. I, you know, I bought it and we, we all had it. That's and funny. We took, and yeah. And well, here's, here's an eight track, uh, trivia question oh for gosh. you. Put you on the spot. How many channels were there on an eight track? Do you remember? I don't probably two. There was four. four. I was going to say four first. And then I was like, two. But, but it's funny. You mentioned the cars. Like everybody was like, who are these guys? You know, until they see that Rick Ocasek marries Paulina Port Scova. And they're like, Oh, he's a badass. <laughs> I want to be like that yeah, guy right before that. We were going, is he dating? He's Rod ugly. Is he, he's, he's ugly. ugly. Right. <laughs> well, they always said like, uh, what was the old, uh, saying in, in rock and roll? You, you can look like Mick Jagger and still get the girls. If you're a musician, you don't have to look good. You just have to be a musician. That's what they said. I mean, right? that's what they there's say. Some, there's, so. <laughs> I guess but, there's some truth to that. Oh yeah. Right? Now there is one new guy real quick. I'll tell you about it. I don't, well, no, you know, I think I sent you some stuff that Callum. Oh yeah. Graham. Yeah. Great. Oh yeah. New kid, 29 years old. Sure. So I knew you all out there love acoustic and, uh, just, I mean, phenomenal guitar playing. Look up Callum Graham too. He's really, yeah. Great yeah. I was gonna, artist. I was gonna ask you about that too. Yeah. Um, like if there's, if there's any, any music out there that people should be listening to, uh, I have some of those too. Although, I mean, yeah. I, like all the newest stuff, I don't listen to, I haven't listened to anything past 2000. You know, what's funny is I I was just talking to my buddy. I I was interviewing my buddy, Paul Hartwell yesterday. I said, you know, I say this kind of tongue in cheek. It's a joke, 
but it's kind of true because a lot of people will come up to me at my shows and say, hey, do you play anything by blah, blah, blah? And I'm thinking, well, what year did that come out? That must have been like, you know, 2009 or something. I said, you know what? In 1989, I turned the radio off and I just stopped listening to the radio and I got away from that. So it's like I was stuck. Yes. In this, this, the whole 60s, 70s, 80s thing. I was never a grunge guy. I totally respect it. I love the Pearl Jams. I love the, oh, Stone Temple you know, Pilots. Stone Temple Pilots, all, all of that, Soundgarden, all Collect of those the bands. Soul. I mean, absolutely. Oh and, and even today, you know, one of the alternative bands, I guess, Stained, uh, Aaron Lewis. I'm a big fan of Aaron now, Lewis. Now country days, right? Yeah. yeah. Crossover to country. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just stopped listening to it and I feel like I, I probably didn't get to hear a lot of good music. I'm much like you, the James Taylors, the John Denvers, the Jim Croce's, the Fogelbergs, the Lightfoots, all of the balladeers. I mean, the day of the balladeer is Dude. over with. They don't write like that anymore. Dude. And it's going to be sorely missed. But that's stuff that you I and hope, I can hang I on to. I still play all that stuff the, in my shows today, right? And I hope they come back, Randy. I Absolutely. Mean, I hope they do, you know, but hey, it, it is what it is, you know, music. Oh, here's the other reason, if you're asking me why I don't listen to it. As a songwriter, let's face it, there are riffs that I will sometimes, I, I'll write a song and think... That sounds like something else, right? And yeah. So our subconscious minds, they uh, they keep stuff in there. Sure. Okay? So the less I listen to the radio, the less chance... The more creative you are, probably, right? Because, that's how I feel. Because you hear something and you're like, okay, that... Yeah, it just gets burned into your brain, yeah, you know, a, a riff chord, or whatever. And look, right? every chord's been played. Every, every, every one of them Okay, has. all the chord progressions have probably been played. <laughs> they have. So, my, and look at the new country. Hello. Yeah. I mean, every single song is yeah. probably written by the same groups of songwriters in Nashville. Okay, that's why everybody goes, they all sound the same. Yeah, because there's it's only being written so many by the key- same guys. There's <laughs> only so many keys in music theory. I mean, they have not invented new no. musical keys. Right. There's no oh, such no, thing. Wait, hang on, Randy. I have. Oh, you have? But they don't You sound got one good. coming out? Okay. <laughs> they don't well, sound everybody, right. please make note that Brett has a new key that we're going to be playing in it's before long. It's <laughs> called Q flat. I don't even know what it is. But yeah. So those were the, the younger years. And you, I guess you indirectly answered the question about, you know, you just shut it off because it it just helps with your creativity. But is there nothing in the later years that have influenced you? Like anything recent that's like grabbed you? Like, like for me, and I'll give you an example. I was an old rock guy, loved rock. I was a rock pig from day one. And I went through, I was certainly down with the Motown sound for a long yeah, time. I love Motown. I love all the old, Incredible. you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire stuff. and, and Ohio things players. Absolutely. Love it. But now I've gone into this Americana genre, and I, I'm playing a lot of that in my shows, the Jason Isbell's, the, you know, drive-by truckers, a lot of this stuff that maybe a lot of people haven't heard of. Booting me. Yeah. So that's kind of what it's, it's along the country lines, but, uh, and I was never really a country guy. Like I just strayed away from it. But as I became a solo artist Mm -hmm. that wasn't writing his own music at the time, you have to be diverse. You can't just go in and say, I only do seventies rock or I only do, you know, there's bands out there that do that. Kent and his band diamond Jack are some of the best out there at the eighties band and the the nineties and blah, blah, blah. And they're, they're great. But when you're a solo artist and you're sitting in a place as kind of background noise, quote unquote, yes, they want to hear different stuff. They don't want to just hear Jim Croce all night. And even (laughs) no. And, and what's really sad is 
even when you do, and you already know this as well as I do, I don't care how far you stretch the genres. There's still somebody that's not going to be happy. You <laughs> yeah, you can't please cover. them all. You can't. No, no. You can't do it. And it's there's only so much you can pull off on an acoustic guitar. That's right? another I mean, way. that you can't hide behind an acoustic guitar. Really, you're going to do pour some sugar on me with an acoustic? No way. No. Yeah. Or or do do some prints or something yeah. like. I mean, you're not who, gonna, who no, can pull that can't. guy off anyway? No. Even even. On an electric guitar, yeah. but I think like even as, Prince probably sometimes went. How do I pull off myself? <laughs> he surprised himself yeah. sometimes for sure. I'm sure. Yeah, he's, so he's one of my one of my go tos. Uh, Bob wait. Marley. Bob Marley is without question. And we'll and we'll talk oh, about some reggae okay, stuff. So don't quit stealing my thunder, I'm man. Sorry, man just, I'm sorry. But no, Prince. I believe, and it probably wasn't till his death that I realized this, but one of the most phenomenal recording artists of our time. Amazing song, probably probably has thousands of songs that he's written that that we'll never hear. And and a guitar virtuoso that I never realized the dude could play a guitar very well, like 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 very like very very well. Yes, he was he was phenomenal. Yeah, I mean that's all there's to it. And apparently he was a super nice guy too. So you know can't beat it, man. Exactly. So we'll fast forward a little bit. We've left Austin. Let's talk about Rat Ranch a little bit. Okay. okay. If my memory serves me correctly, um, and it's getting old, it's uh, not what it used to be, but 82, is that right? Uh, forming of Rat Ranch somewhere around 82-ish? Night, oh, uh, Rat Ranch formed in 89. Oh, 89. Not okay. 89. Okay. And I joined them in 97. Okay. Yeah. Well, my dates are real off. I'm, so I'm glad you're here because you're, yeah. you're, you're correcting me. Back in 89... First of all, what? How long was Rat Ranch was together? Twenty years, somewhere around twenty years. Uh, I was with. Well, they were almost thirty years. I was with them for twenty-one of the thir- the thirty. That thousand nineteen would have been thirty years in wow. April. So that would have been thirty years that they had been together. Right. But, wow. So they made it for. I mean, I don't know how many years we were together, but total the name the name's yep. been there for almost thirty years. Okay. And I and- was in there for twenty-one of the thirty. But you weren't an original member, no, right? What no. What did the do you remember or do you know history wise? Like what What did the original lineup look like? Who, who started lineup, it? The original lineup was Kent Newman, David Stimson, Richie Lee was their sound engineer, Steve Boyd was their drummer, and Malcolm was their uh, Malcolm was their bass player. Okay, so those were the five. Those were the that I, if I'm not mistaken, those are the original five guys. And I've gone through some changes, sure. obviously, but yeah, yeah those yeah. were the first five. I think the first time I ever saw Rat Ranch, and again, I'm not even going to try with dates. I'm just, I'm absolutely horrible. <laughs> Let with me them. help you. Yeah, please do. <laughs> please educate me and set me straight. Okay. I think, and I never knew him personally. Is it Mark Russell? Mark uh, Russell was, was the first singer that I saw Rat Ranch. He was yes. in the band. There was a lot of Rush covers, I remember, a lot of stick stuff yeah. that was going Boston, on there around Boston, that time, Boston. Kansas, and I, he, he, I have to assume that he was had that upper register there yes. that a lot of us, yes. like, like me specifically, I was not blessed with a nice he, tenor voice. He just had Lucky that Lucky guy, yeah. Yeah, he just sings up there, you know. For sure. The lineup changed quite a bit over the years. Uh, was yeah. there a lot of attrition in the band or, or not, uh, not so much? Well, Mark, they went through some drummers, Steve Boyd left. I'm not sure exactly when he left, but I believe John Hill, rest in peace, okay. just passed away from COVID uh, oh, wow. last week or two. Local guy? Was he here yeah. in Houston? Yes. I didn't know. Played with Rat Ranch for about two or three years. Yeah. Okay. And he got COVID and passed away last week, I believe. But he was in the band for a while. And then he left, I believe there was, uh, then I think is when Rick 
came in, Rick okay. Valadez. Okay. Um, and he was the, the drummer, right? right. Yep. And so Mark joined him, I think, in 96. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 95 or 96. And then I joined him in 97. Then Mark left in 2000. Okay. And it just became David uh, it was Simpson. A four, was it four, yes. four pieces then, right? At that point, that's where it really stayed pretty much the same for a while. It was David Simpson on keyboards, Rick Valadez on the drums, Kent Newman on lead guitar, and me on the bass guitar. Yeah. I actually played bass. At, yeah, I was going to I was gonna say, yeah, 13, I, I remember you playing 13 years. years yeah, <laughs> It's like, I'm not even a bass player, but right. they, they made me be one, you know. So I was like, but I get in, it. Get in where you fit in, hey, right? That's right. <laughs> it was a great act, yeah. great band, and I knew, you know what, it's a good opportunity, so I jumped on it. That's know? awesome. Well, yeah. the, they were certainly, Rat Ranch was certainly a staple oh, uh, yeah. band. Like, well, uh, we worked hard. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we, we, we you put in the time, yeah, for we sure. put the time in, yeah. I was going to say, I thought, about this earlier, I was going to say probably one of the most recognized bands back in the day, you know, Richmond Strip was was Rat Ranch. But I'm going to have Stacy Steele on this show, oh, cool. and I'm oh, sure yeah. he's going to beg to differ oh, with he that. Will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stacy will be like, wait a second, wait a minute, wasn't it my band as often as we did? <laughs> right, which is probably the truth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, because we played, we were on the road a lot, so yeah. we we had a lot of places that we were, so we didn't really play Richmond as much, but we did. I mean, Double Take, matter of fact, played Richmond. Okay. So that's how I, that's how I got kind of kind of going. You started as a bass player mm-hmm. and then somehow you graduated. They let you play a six-string guitar at some point in time. How long into Rat Ranch were you playing with them before Kent said, "You know what? Here's your here here you yeah. go, buddy. Here you can finally you graduate to the You want to know why? You know <laughs> Did he why? feel sorry for you no, or what? Well, no. The two and I, and I don't, hey, they have to own this whether they like it or not. So when Scott Holden came in, the band, and then we had a, God, now I can't even remember which one was first, Kenny Marquez, I believe Kenny Marquez was first, and he wouldn't play his guitar parts all the time, so there were times where it's like, what? where's the rhythm, and he's over there combing his hair, or putting on a different hat, or, you know, he would literally not play when he's supposed to play, Scott Holden kind of got into the same zone at mm-hmm. one point where he wasn't playing parts, and so finally when, you know, Kent was like, okay, wait a second. What if we hire a bass player and you play rhythm guitar? I said, dude, you know me. I mean, I'm a guitar player originally, so I would love to go back to guitar. And he goes, well, then I, I got a couple of guys. And so Scott Madigan, Yeah. once I heard Scott, or once they brought up Scott's name, I just went Scott Madigan. I mean, yeah. I knew right off the bat. If sure. we can get him... We need him because well, he he's been around for for a while, forever. and his his brother Dave yes. and, and Dave the band Madigan, Madigan sure. yeah, the band yeah, Madigan, sure. yeah. yeah, for yeah. So it all just kind of it's just how music, you know how it goes. Yeah. The sure. musicians just kind of find each other, sure. And we just found each other, and boy, I tell you, once we well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Sure, okay, yeah. I don't want to don't get, do that. I, I'm the host here, the not host. you. <laughs> exactly. <Back laughs> know your right. role, buddy. Know your role. Yeah. Until I start asking you, well, Randy, when you first started wearing, you know. <laughs> you know, then then I might have a little pull, but no, I'll, I'll let you finish. I'll just I'll just let you know why it came to an end. Whenever that comes, okay. So just keep going, and we'll just keep- no. I mean, I think that that's. I think we're at that spot where, where probably in the last few years, Rat Ranch called it quits. Yes. Right. And, and so I guess speak to that because, you know, when, when a band's been around, you know, we think of bands like Rush that were together over forty years, and of course, what solidified that 
end was, of course, the, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Earth. You know, it's uh, the, the death of the drummer, right? Absolutely. So when one dies, the whole thing dies. And I tell us if you want to say yeah. it in your own words, the, the demise or the ending this of, is, of can, Rat Ranch. I right? can explain it personally. I mean, I mean, to the T and matter of fact, I want to clear it up anyway. So since this is on a podcast and everybody could, there's a lot of fans out there that didn't know. They don't know. It was our personal decision. You know, we, we tried to tell as many people and we even posted it, you know, on Facebook. Why? But a lot of people didn't see that. So they don't know. And then we get that question. So here's how it went down. When I jo- when Scott Madigan joined the band, we had a meeting to hire him. We sat in Kent Newman's apartment like we usually do. When we went through the whole thing, I told the guys, all right, well, here's the thing. This is the last change I want to go through. It's hard. It's tiresome. You know, when you're going through different, and we were going through quite a few at that time where we bust our ass to learn all the stuff. And then that guy didn't work out. Yeah. So it's very, you know, it's very tough. So what happened was I told him, I go, look, I don't care who quits or what happens Whoever says I am not doing this anymore, then then I'm I'm done. Then it's over I, for me. Yeah. I, I don't want to do another change, and that's what I told him. And yeah. so we hire Scott Madigan. Ten years later, <laughs> that's how cool that was. Yeah, it was beautiful. Scott Madigan was wonderful, and it just started. It just turned into a really good, solid rat ranch again. But what was really going on is what we didn't know is that we didn't realize that Rick was getting he was having some issues with his health and we didn't we knew we didn't know to the to the extent we just knew at one point that his he would say my wrists are having trouble i'm having trouble with my wrist and my back is obviously bad and now one of my knees and so he we just knew he was having tough time sure so one night we were in alvin texas we played a show at the garage bar and grill the the door rick pulls the door down to the back of the truck he pulls the door down and locks, puts the lock on, locks it, turns around and looks at us and says, all right, guys, here's the deal. It's over for me. I'm done. And he said, do not try to talk me into this. I've already talked to Cindy, his, you know, his better half. Uh, he said, don't, don't. So it's over. I've made up my mind. I will give you all three months to find a replacement. And then that's it. And that's what he said. And so we were all kind of looking at him and we were, and then all of a sudden it hit me. Whoa, this is it for me. This is it. Yeah. I remember the, what I would. The pact you made with yourself. That for, this, with myself. Yeah. It had nothing to do. Okay. Here's something that I want to clear up. So a lot of people thought a lot of fans came up to me and said, well, we heard that you rat ranch, you know, quit or broke up because you wanted to do your own thing. This is not true at all. The truth is I didn't even know what I was going to do. I knew what I, my wish list, I knew what I wanted to do, but it was crazy. And so I remember even Kent asking me like, Brett, you know, so what are you even going to do? You don't even have a job. What are you going to do? I said, I don't know, Kent. I go, I do know that I would love to play my original songs. And Kent said, Brett, that's, that's almost impossible. He said, I mean, that's, you know, nobody wants to hear, nobody's going to pay you to listen to that. And I, and I even agreed with Kent. (laughs) I go, Kent, you're right. It's almost impractical. I mean, it's it's not even probably going to happen. Yeah. But I, if I don't give it a shot, it will drive me crazy. And that's why I went out on a limb. I went on, right? I went on the limb and thought, I've got to see if my music can hold its will stick. Yeah, and stick. If it does, then great. If it doesn't, I can walk off and go. Well, it's time to get a real job. Sure. And be a real 
real citizen out there yeah, in the world. Sure. Exactly. You know, and that's really how I, how I believed. I was, I knew I was not going to play. And I have nothing against cover music. People listen to me. I made a living for 30 something years doing cover. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not saying I didn't love it, sure. but I just burn out on it. It's and called, I, and it's called evolving. Like yes, you, sometimes I, we just have to evolve and do other yeah, things. Yeah. Um, and that's all it was. Exactly. And I love the guys. Yeah. I have no, no qualms with Kent or Scott or Rick or anybody. I just knew Rick was done and I knew it, it was me too. I, yeah. I was done too. Yeah. And that was it. That's really what happened. Well, there, there's an old saying, all good things come to an end. It's just, it's time. It has you, know, to. It, you know, everything, everything, whether it's life and death, we're all going to die sometime, mm-hmm. right? Not to get all morbid, but no. it's, it's a fact of life. It's it, not, it, nobody's exempt from it. So, um, so knowing that Randy, I remember, okay, I'll, I'll tell you why. I remember my dad telling me, I asked him, dad, what are two regrets? What any two regrets that you can think of before you know, before, you know, because he was dying of cancer, okay? And I okay. had to ask him, I just said, What do you have before you're gone? What are your two regrets? And he sat there and said, I have two of them right off the top. And the first one he said was that I didn't sign the contract to, to the New York Yankees, okay? That right there, I, the other one, I don't even have to tell you what it is, but the bottom line was it drove him crazy not to know would he have really become a true shortstop for the New York Yankees sure. and it drove him nuts his whole life to yep. the day he died it bothered him and I don't I did not want to have that in my life I didn't want that with my music and that's why I gave and you can't live with regrets you know oh, we, uh, we do yeah we, we, we do and and probably again I'm not gonna throw out dates because I'm horrible with them but my daughter's boyfriend was a baseball player in high school had a full ride offer to play D1 ball for Sam Houston State, baseball player, center fielder, but also the Pittsburgh Pirates offered him a contract. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there was this, well, damn, should I go to college and get my education? Should I go mm-hmm. pro? And it's, you know, I don't know what ultimately made their decision, but you know, I think it was probably the right decision that he went from high school straight to Bradenton, Florida to play for the, in the pirate sure. system. Right. Because you, you could have gone to school and blown out a shoulder, blown out a knee and never got that opportunity and say, damn, had I just done this. So sometimes you just got to go for it. And, it, and it's no different. It's a widget. It's his was baseball. Yours was music. True. You don't know if you don't try, I think is the old adage. So you you put yourself out there and we'll get to more of the Axelson conversation here. Good for you. I mean, sometimes we just have to make hard decisions. Sometimes people don't, they don't get our decisions. They don't understand why we think the way we do. But at the end of the day, I've always said there's no rewind button on life. None. You you don't get to a point, say, fuck it, I'm going to rewind and do that over because you don't get to do that. You make the decisions, yeah. you lay in the bed that you make That's and right. you hope that they're and if they're the wrong ones. So be it. You Move tried, on. even if you failed at, at Brett Axelson or Axelson hey, or what, who cares? Don't fail. That's exactly. my point. There's no failing. Right. Even if it, you say, even if it fails, that still doesn't mean it's failure. Mm-mm. I did it. So that's exactly. not failure. Exactly. It just wouldn't take on Absolutely. You know, legs and grow, right? So, But here's something else about the Rat Ranch thing. You know, all you Rat Ranch fans, I want you to understand something. I love you guys, and, and I mean that wholeheartedly. We had such a great, great uh, following, and, and wonderful friends came out of that, sure. right? And I understood why they were upset. I completely 
completely understand why they were upset. Well, the they love the music, right? Because so. we brought them the good times. Yep, we brought them sure. those three hours of of wonderful moments in in their in their life. Sure, and and it was like we took that away from them. And I get it. I understand that's got it. It was, hey, it was just as hard for us. Yeah. That's what they're not understanding. Yeah. But it your people too, easy, right? Yes. Yeah. And it wasn't an easy decision for us. Yeah. If you really love the guys of Rat Ranch, if you really loved what we brought you, then support us. Now. now support them in all the efforts more, now. If there's more, we need you more than ever, yep. is now. Yep. We all need you. Not just me, because I do an original music. All of us. Kent and Scott have and Stacy still, they have some great bands together. Matter of fact, uh, I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this or air by the time it happens, but uh, I'm not supposed to say, I don't know. I don't know when this is going to air. Is it going to air by I'd, the 20th of this month? Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. Well, Rick Valadez is joining their band. Which one? The, uh, Mr. Wonderful. Oh, the eighties, yes. the eighties band. So now, so Rick there'll be a four Scott. piece or there'll oh, be a- no. And Scott's leaving that. Oh, band. Scott's leaving. So okay. now Stacy's going to come back from out from the drums, play bass. bass. Yeah. Rick will be playing the drums and Ken on guitar. So that's what, so what I'm letting you guys know is we're out there still. Even Rick's coming back. That's you awesome. guys, even Rick's going to come back and try to be there for y'all to entertain with Mr. Wonderful. And there's, there's diamond Jack. That's going to do their thing. There's shotgun road. Yep. You know, those three acts are great acts yeah. and they are part of rat ranch. They are our children. These are our children of rat ranch yeah. and Brett Axelson. And now the Axelson band come and support that. That's what we need. Yep. We need you now. That's so that's for sure. No, that's that uh, that, that's great. I agree with that a hundred percent. It's really at the end of the day, it's all about supporting each other. Totally. I think, I think in music, there's always been egos like I'm better than him. He's better than me. But at the end of the day, you know what? Music is not a fucking competition. It's not a right? scorecard. It's not a scorecard. <laughs> no. And it's not Brett's a better singer. No. No. We're all different all. as artists. And it took each one of us to make Rat Ranch what Rat Ranch was. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Each guy brought their specific thing that made that machine exactly. work. Exactly. Let's, if you can give me the uh, the concise answer, there was one question that I wanted to ask you about Rat Ranch was, what was the tie to MTV? Oh, <laughs> we played, we went down to Panama City Beach, Florida, and they were having, MTV was doing their spring break. Oh, oh yeah, I remember that. Party. Okay. That's, and so we are in the midst of insanity. It was yeah. just crazy. We wow. were playing inside of Spinnaker's, I believe. Uh, yeah, it was a inside stage at, at Spinnaker's, I believe it was, or might have been. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, like there was another one called, uh, right next door, Club La Vila, I believe. It might still be there. So anyway, yeah, that Interesting. was. Interesting. It, it was, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of people jammed up down there for sure. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 Interesting views and yeah, just <laughs> lots of weird things. We'll with, save that for a later podcast. With, yeah, it was crazy. Debauchery. It was crazy. Yeah. So let's talk about stage gear. Talk to me a little bit about guitars. Like, what? what's your go-to guitar? What do you carry to your shows? Let's go with guitars for now and then we'll guitars? jump to, Yeah. Okay. Okay. First of all, I was a Les Paul guy my whole life. More, I just, more the, the, you know, humbucker. Okay. I just, I'm a humbucker guy. I was the rock guy. So then all of a sudden I got, I just got turned on to, uh, I went to go buy a new guitar because my Les Paul was just too heavy. 
I couldn't hold on to it. You hear this, Brandon? Sh- Brandon, yeah. my son Brandon yes. has a Les Paul. Brandon, that thing weighs 7,000 pounds, I think. Listen but, to me, Brandon. <laughs> listen. Listen to your daddy. Okay. <laughs> listen, listen to me. I, I now am shorter by an inch and a half on my left side. I look like Igor, okay? So when I walk around, so I'm just telling you it's because of the damn Les Paul. But but was fortunate to go to a guitar center Ask these guys, young guys, where's the best guitar right now on this on that wall? I want to know. And they all pointed to the third level, which is the very top that you couldn't get to unless you ask somebody, unless right? You ask, right, right? And you couldn't touch it. And they said that. And they all three pointed at the same guitar. And I was like, oh, I go, that's a telly there, dude. You want to play it? I went, oh, okay. So they they brought it down. They they had already nicknamed it. It was called Butter. That okay. was their name. Because they all said it plays like butter, butter dude. Yeah. You put your fingers on that. And it just, just plays itself, right? It just right? does it. Yeah, you don't right. have to worry about it. But they said also the tone. They said the tone. And so sure enough, long story short, yeah, boom. I mean, so the telly now is my go-to for my rock, or my electrified music. And then I have a beautiful Taylor 816 CE Grand Symphony Series acoustic that's just can't go wrong with the Taylors, no, right? No, yeah. the Taylor, man. It's so just, those are the two that you carry my, to the shoes. And then the I have shows. a Strat. I have a U.S. Strat for okay. my backup. Gotcha. You know, so those are my three axes that I take to the show. From a pedal perspective, what are you using? Some kind of pod or? It's, like, it's the Digitech 1000. You know, it's just a real standard, simple Digitech pedal. I don't use it for a lot, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. but it does have my crybaby. On yeah. there, so it's and I don't have to buy an individual crybaby and also have to plug in to the crybaby and put batteries in it. Right, you know, sure. It's just you know, so it, that's really almost the main reason. I just and I don't even use crybaby very often, yeah. but also I use my delay. I, I use and then there's a couple of patches simulated. Okay, okay. Uh, that I will, uh, you know, like there's a matchless guitar I like to use for a semi crunch. So you know, so there's certain sounds that I will dial into that sure. board and use those. Uh, but my main my main sound is my orange Thunderverb, you know, fifty sure. watt Thunderverb, and that's my from that's an my amp, amp from an yeah. amp perspective. Yeah. yeah, and man, I'll tell you what, you talking about a tank that amp. If anybody wants to just if you're going to walk around banging into things and just and plugging in every single night and it sound exactly the same, if that's you haven't it. touched your settings. That's the amp period. I've had that amp now for like, what, 12 years? Yeah. I don't even know. I don't think I've even changed the tubes but once. Really? And it still fires and it sounds, everybody that are telling go, go, your amp sounds the same every single night. What room I'm in? Yeah. It doesn't even change. Acoustics like, don't it's, even it's, change it. Wow. It's so crazy. But it's a great, that's a magic. That's awesome. Yeah. And then I just purchased the single 112 orange amp. I okay. mean, a cabinet. Okay. So now I have 30 watt, you know. In a speaker, yeah. Celestian, you know, in the, in the back of it, so that's nice too. I like that. Is there a a string of choice? Are you married to a string? I know it's kind of like the conversation. I'm a Coors Light drinker, or I'm a Marlboro Light smoker. It's like it's it's your yeah. that's your brand. You stick to it. You don't deviate. Or are you one that just says, you know what? Just give me some certain gauge strings. I don't care what they I, are. I do the Diadario, okay, uh, for my electric, and I use even use Diadario acoustic. Sometimes or Earthstone, uh, is that right? I now I can't. Yeah, maybe. Is that what I don't know? Uh, um, oh, I'd have to. 
I can't even think That's of acoustic wise. Sure. I change sometimes. They have to, I just like to try different acoustics okay. because I've never been a, an acoustic player. Like, like, like you're an acoustic player. Okay. Right, you've right. been playing acoustic. Dude, yeah. by the way, everybody, you want to see some beautiful stuff, walk into Randy's room of his, okay, the, the guitar's hanging on his wall. Well, I'm not even going to tell you where you live. Okay. <laughs> Don't I'm not tell gonna him. tell you where he lives, <laughs> but he's got, this man has some choice guitars. Okay. So, cause he's an acoustic guy. This, you know, Randy's a, and phenomenal. Well, like you said, he plays piano, but he's really, you're a great guitar, I mean, acoustic guy. So, so he's got acoustics that are just blow your mind. And then you play electric too when you want. A little bit, yeah. But mainly he's an acoustic guy. So yeah, and you got all those tailors. He's a tailor lover like me. You know? I do love the tailors oh, for yeah. sure. They're incredible. You know, I guess by default, you know, elixir is the string that that, 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 that comes on the tailors. So that's a coded string and it's something that, I've just grown to love. And then I had a friend of mine who will, who will also do a podcast with me soon. Uh, he's the guitarist for Sister Mary Tarantula. Okay. And uh, he's like, dude, you got to try these Diodario. They're uncoded strings. And I tried, yeah. I'm, and, and Carlos is a phenomenal, I mean, 80,000 times the player that right. I am. And I think it all goes back to preference. I put them on there and I just felt like my fingers wouldn't move up and down them because they weren't yeah. slick like I was used to. And, and again, I think it all goes back to preference. Sure. But a lot of people are playing the Diodarios like you, yeah. like you said, they've been around forever and they're, they're I mean, a go-to for yeah, a lot of people. And they're good. I mean, they're, you know, they're accurate, they're consistent. Yep. You know? A lot of great gear there. Let's talk about the album Slow Groove. Oh, man. What year? What year did it come out? Was that 2017, 18, 17? 17. 17, 17. Yep. And, uh, or was it eight, 18? 18. Okay. Uh, 18. It came out in 18. The song itself, Slow Groove, I wrote, this is, I'm uh, dating myself, people. I wrote Slow Groove in 1982. <laughs> so that's how. Wow. I was a sophomore in high school. That's, that's when I, that song was written. Uh, and what was funny is, is that the reason it became the title of the album you know, it wasn't even supposed to be. I was looking for pictures to maybe make a cover. And all of a sudden, I see this picture of this old car oh, yeah. on the wall of my mom's house. And she tells me that it's literally made of a of a real watch, old, in 1800s of some kind of or whatever. And it's actually... So I took that picture. And once I took that picture, my mom goes, I think slow groove, that car looks like a slow groove type of it you know and i thought it really does so i put it out there and, and asked my fans what do you think of the and they all fell in love with the wow. picture and the and the cover and it, it was of all things i took the picture with my phone and it ended up making a really actually really nice cover you know yeah uh, so that's how slow groove this got. these are the kind of stories that i absolutely love because I was the guy growing up that would go to the record store, buy the record, come home, bust the shrink wrap off of the record or the CD or whatever it was at the time. Or the vinyl. And I, yes. And I wouldn't even put the music in. I read the liner notes. Of course. Because I wanted, wanted to, know to know who, who was, were. who, who, yes. who are the guys? Where did they record? What Randy, year? Blah, blah, think blah. About right. It. Think how I look, 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 we're older guys. Okay. Everybody listening. We're older guys. Okay. So here's the thing. Back when we were growing up, there were some bands that did not have the picture of them on the album. You didn't even so know what they look like. You don't even know what they look like. <laughs> You're hearing it on the radio, but you don't even know what they look like. So we would wait for the album to come out so we could buy it. And if they didn't have the picture of them, we had to go to the concert. 
Exactly. I had to see what these dudes look like because I was in love with their music. Yes. So, you know, it was that's how crazy it was back then. Well, now and, you Exactly. And and you before and before YouTube came along and the midnight special, you know, songs like what was the band? Uh, Ace that did How Long yeah. Is This Bingo? I don't even know what these guys look like. Like, do, are they even real people? Right. right Until I mean. YouTube is like, wait, those are the guys that did yeah, that song. Yeah. And it was just so amazing. Like then it just, I absorbed all of that. Like sure. a sponge. Okay, right? Just like kiss. How long everybody, how long did you sit there and go, I don't know what they look like. Cause you, they would you never allow you to be seen with their, out their makeup on. Yeah. So when they finally went unmasked, you finally get to see. And then exactly. we, of course we all looked at it and went, put your makeup back on. <laughs> Get your makeup back on, whatever you do, quickly. You're not pretty guys, okay? Exactly. (laughs) That's funny. So, Slow Grooves, the record, the effort. uh, Where can it be found? Where can people find this this music? Well, Spotify. You can definitely go to Spotify. And you can, uh, you know, download from Spotify. But you can buy it. You can buy it like at Amazon Music. Okay. iTunes. uh, iTunes. I mean, yeah, there's So all the major. There's a lot of music apps that you can definitely go. Okay. Uh, Also, I'm going to try. This is crazy. But what I'm going to try to do, because, you know, let's face it. All these music apps. And I hate to say it, but you don't make any money. Yeah. Okay. I don't care how many downloads. For even Drake. Okay. Like. You know, it takes, you've got to be a big name like that. And even his percentage from Spotify is, now, minimal. This is, is not that much. Minimal, yeah. So, so my point is this, I'm going to try to get my music. I'm going to try to do all, I'm going to try to literally put all of my songs, as many as I can, whether it's a hundred or, you know, maybe the first 40, I mean, you know, I've got almost 200 songs. I don't do, I don't want to do that many right off the bat, but sure. maybe I'll grab 40 and like th- four albums of, of, of songs. And I want to put them all on one link and I want to put it on my Facebook page, which is Brett Axelson. Okay. okay. www.brettaxelson.com. And that way you can download it. Now I'm not, I mean, I'm even going to make it a, like a very low, like five bucks Yeah, for 40 songs. Okay. <clears throat> sure. But that way you have the link of the songs. Not only will be on that link, but all the lyrics will be Love on it. that link. Love that. Because I have I didn't realize how of course that's important. They're important. And I when I go to my shows, you know, they'll tell me, Oh, I finally gotta hear those words real good. And I know, you know, I need to make that happen. So I'm gonna try to make that happen, everybody. I I know I've talked about this, but y'all come by myself now. Yeah. I'm trying to do a billion things to try to get my career by myself going and it's a bitch. <laughs> we'll keep an eye out for that. But I think the lyrics are great because how many songs have you listened to in your life where you say wait a minute, what the hell did they just say in that song? Like it, it, it was just mean? all kind of ran together or what did they mean? You know, there was yeah. an old story about, uh, with Jimmy, Jimmy Hendrix tune. Um, there excuse was, me while I kiss this guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, and, they thought it was a, yeah. uh, homosexual reference yeah, yeah, for yeah. forever and it was yeah, no such was thing. Right. Yeah. So, so that's what I'm saying. Very interesting. Like, yeah. So, and so, and that's really, I strive extremely hard on my words. I I, I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to, you know, some people write very intellectual words, right? To where sometimes it's almost too much. Yeah. Like for the, you know, just your standard public out there, you know, sometimes if you get too far into it, then you're not connecting. Yes. You have to connect. Like, like Rush. Right. The lyrics are just like, you have to sit and analyze it. Like what the hell was he even talking? You know, I don't even understand that word. Does it even exist in the dictionary? Or or even another one, believe it or not, Rob Zombie, man. Sometimes I listen, I look, I I had to, you know, I covered a lot of his songs where I'd be like, 
what is this right. mean? You know, well, there's I a, want it to be connected. I want all my songs to hopefully where you can go, been there. Yes. Totally done it. There's an old uh, a four-letter acronym, KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. And yeah. sometimes simple is just better. It doesn't have to be complex. It no. doesn't have to be. ACDC's made a career on it. Absolutely. So, and one of the one of the greatest. One of the greatest. Of the hard and, rock bands of, of all time. Yeah. So I assume, correct me if I'm wrong, that the slow groove effort, was it recorded in the same room that I came over and recorded in with you that time? And then it was mastered and produced somewhere else? Or? Well, there's four songs that Rat Ranch, actually we had recorded six at uh, Eighth Note Production Studio okay. with Ernie Wells. And uh, when we recorded with Ernie, we had recorded uh, six songs, one of them being Scott's, one of them being Kent's, and four of them being mine. Okay. So I took the four songs I wrote with the with what the boys played on it and then and then I added another se- seven songs I wrote at the studio you saw so at, you know when you came to yep, my home sure. so in my studio I recorded the seven songs and then I uh, then I went to Ernie Wells you know and let him the little stuff that he tweak likes in to and tweak. whatever yeah, yeah likes to you know fix things and sure. make sure if there's anything flat which I'm sure there was all kinds of <laughs> but uh but, uh, you know, so in other words, he, he cleans things up, yeah. makes it work, and then gets it set up for uh, streaming or radio play or, you know, that kind of stuff. I he, heard you didn't make mistakes, so I don't know what he would have, I don't know what he would have edited. Oh, right? my God. <laughs> I could tell you a funny story about that, but another time. Obviously. I'm going to queue up a song for some of the listeners that maybe they haven't heard the effort yet. The first song I wanted to queue up is one of my favorites off the off the record it's don't say goodbye okay and i'll give the listeners a little clip and then i'll ask you some questions around that song that's gonna take another shot and cruise out to the parking lot to see what i could see i just keep getting no when i ask if they want to go to go home with What inspired that song? <laughs> <laughs> or you can plead the fifth. Uh, it doesn't matter. This is uh, this is your time. Okay. So. All right, Mister Halsey. <laughs> so here's the deal. Um, I do not and have not really ever written songs about me personally. I've always written about things that have happened to me, or friends, or or just stories, or whatever that I've seen and dealt with. This song I wrote about myself because realize that I am one of those kind of people that I just 
can't, I just don't say goodbye to people. Yeah. I mean, when I'm at a gig and they're, I, I keep hugging everybody and man, you know, all right, man, see you, you know, next time. And you don't right. know when to and, quit. And I just right? continue to say goodbye until next, you know, the custodians in there sweeping <laughs> up the floor and I'm, I'm hugging them. You know, right. it's like, you know, well, don't, don't see you later. You know, yeah, I mean, right. you know what I'm saying? So, uh, so the song, if you really listen to the lyrics, it's kind of sad in a way. And then you hear the chorus and it's all so happy, you know, don't say goodbye, you know, all that stuff. But it's more, it's actually kind of, I'm, I'm not depressed guys. I'm not sad. I just say, you know, I'd love to hang out and say, hang out with everybody. Sure. You know? Sure. So, well, I think we talked one time about, there was a show and maybe it was in Austin where you, you didn't get a return gig there because you you hung around too damn long and uh, you held everybody up and I had to pay them extra or something like that. <laughs> right. Great, yes. God damn. I mean, what, a, what a reason to, uh, I mean, and I've lost shows before. Yeah, that was before in Austin. Too. Yeah. That show happened yeah. in Austin. Yeah. Um, I'm, hey, your memory's good. Yeah. I remember certain things. Right? I was even sitting there going, what is <laughs> what, what, Where's well, he oh, going with yeah. this? Right. Yeah. Hang on. That's hilarious. Hey, yeah, right, right. How, how long would you say it takes to write a song on average? It varies because certain songs, if they're some just happen and, and they just do, mm-hmm. it's magical. Uh, when it happens, you don't, whatever you do, you do not stop. If it's happening, you just let it happen. Sure. Continue to, uh, and so I have written, literally and truly, written songs in thirty minutes. I mean, music, lyrics. Done. So, so some of them come really, really quick, and some Just take like that. some morph over years of time. Like I, I've seen interviews with guys like Neil Young. He wrote "Old Man" in like ten minutes, and yes. uh, Daryl Hall from Hall and Oates said, you know, some of the some of the best songs, you know, "Rich Girl" and and yeah. some of those songs yeah. were minutes like minutes. It, it, i mean they just it, they just they come just, to people and happens. maybe that's just the creative juice that some people either have that or they don't and it's like being a lyricist you're either a lyricist or you're a lyrical airhead and you can't yeah. put the words on paper to yes. form the story right? well and here's when it comes to this that's where it gets tough so if you're asking me this is why some of my songs take a long time if it's a pop song like the last one you just heard and it, oh by the way I'm going to give you guys, and he just played you that clip of Don't Say Goodbye. I was in Rat Ranch at the time, and my voice was worn out when I'd gone to that studio. I ended up having to sing in half head voice and half full voice just to get that song out. My voice is now, uh, it's way different. Um, so that's from just singing a lot. We were doing 250 shows. Okay, so now let's get back to songwriting. Songwriting. So... When I write a song, I, I hear these things come to me. I don't know why. It just, they do. The music comes in my head, and I'm like, what is that? I like it. I go get the, gr- the guitar. I find what key it is. I find the lick. I play it. So then, uh, next thing I know, I, I realize, okay, I got to put together a really nice you know, progression, mm-hmm. chord progression and arrangement. Sure. Okay, so I, I arrange the song, chord all, get it all, and I, I will literally play sometimes Uh, Like right now, I'm working on a song right now called Five Miles Away. And I have been working on the song for about three months now, musically, making sure I have the exactly like I like it. Then what happens is I have these melodies that come into my head. Mm -hmm. 
I don't even have lyrics for it. I okay. just know it's called Five Miles Away. You're just humming, just, humming things, and it. you've had, okay, so it's I a go, concept. Okay. So once I go into my studio, when I know the arrangement's right, I, that's when, because my mom always will come down, she's hearing me, but she's like, you've been playing that song for three months straight. Or what is, and I'm like, mom, it's not ready yet. And so finally I told her, okay, it's ready. And when it's ready, when I know it's there, that's when I go straight up to the studio. It's time. I hit my click track get my click track tempo where I know I like this, where it fits right, feels right with the melody. You could have two beats per measure too fast and it ruins the whole tempo, the whole mood. Oh yeah. So it's bizarre, right? You yep. know, sure. you know, uh, so once I get the tempo correct, then I do that and then I record it. Correct. Well, then I go back and I will sing the melodies that I have with no lyrics. So it sounds really funny if you're hearing me, because I'm literally just going, do the line of sun away. Oh, so you are. sound like James Brown yes. then, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, but what's crazy is <clears throat> once I do that, then is where it takes time. Once I have those melodies, and, and a lot of times they're pretty, you know, there's some, there's some tough melodies that I, that come into my head that I, but I'm, I have to have that. Yeah. It is what it's got to be. Yes. That's when it's hard because I have now have to make five miles away. Now I have to come up with the concept. What's the song? Has what does fit. it mean? Yep. Now I write the story. Now the, the lyrics have to match those title. melodies. Yeah, exactly. That takes yep. That's wow. when it's like hard. But once you get it and all the consonants ring with the chord, you know, the chords and they, you know, because you can't, let's face it. Try to sing the word garage, you know. I know. In a, it doesn't really. It doesn't work. It's just not a good, it doesn't have a good ring to it, right? Yeah. So so you have to find all the right words and all the, and once I do that, that's when I feel like there's a song where I go, okay. Do you, do you, for, it's going to be a good song. Yeah. And do you, do you force yourself to sit and write or do you just have to write when things hit you? The only time I do that is when I will turn on a drum machine. Okay. And let it happen. Let whatever comes out of me on the guitar, okay, happen. Okay. So sometimes I'll go in. I'm just in the mood of, I just want to jam. And I'll just go in, hit the drum machine, find a cool pattern mm-hmm. I like, and see what comes out of the guitar. Yeah. All of a sudden, I come up with something like, ooh, that, that's kind of a cool little. Sometimes that's where the songs that Originate. you hear about that end in 30 minutes. Yeah. Right there. They come from that. They come just, just a, from that. A glimmer, a thought. And yeah, it just, it's all of a sudden. So yeah, but. Songwriting is incredible. It's fun. It's challenging. That's why I think I love it because I get bored easy, Randy. I, I mean, let's face yeah. it. I just do. I get bored. I'm surprised you sat here for over an hour with me. So this well, I've done a lot of things below the table that you don't need to know about. But anyway, uh, but you know, there. I'm just saying that it's a challenge I can't conquer. I can't conquer music. So it keeps you coming back always. Right? Yeah. I will never stop. Let's jump forward to, uh, this is a song. I'll play a quick clip and then we'll come back and talk about it. But this one's called Tears Would Fall. Oh, one of my favorites. Standing in the northwest wind Suspense, it conquers me Of what will happen to my soldier She'll soon be
I, I love that. And I think I love more what the song's about. And I think it took on more of a life for me when I saw the video of you and your daughter and whatnot. But t- let's let's talk about it. So your daughter, Bree, right? Uh, your best friend. Absolutely. I have a daughter. She's, she's not a service girl, but yeah. I know the love for a dad and his daughter. That's awesome. And so that song was probably, it resonated with me, even though Hannah's never been in the sure. military, sure. right? But yeah, still, it's the, the father-daughter oh, no. thing. No, but uh, how did you get the news that uh, she would... She was joining the service. She and- walked into my bedroom and woke me up and said, Dad, I need to talk to you. I need to ask you something. And I said, all right. And she said, I need you to take me down to the recruiter's office. I want to sign up for the Army. And that's exactly how I found out. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. I Literally, she woke me up. So I was like, let me get some coffee. Let me sit down and wake up a little bit. And, let's, and okay, so we went out and sat in the den, and she said, that's, that's what I'm going to do. All right, and I asked her why. I said, why, Bree? Why do you want to do this? And she said, Dad, Dad, I'm tired of being just walking around with no direction. Yeah. I'm tired of being broke, and I'm just, I just feel like our country could use the help. That was her last wow. statement, was I, I feel like our country could use the help. And I just said, let's go. And I packed her in my truck and drove straight down and she signed up and she was gone in three weeks. That That's so admirable to have a kid that 18. just says, I'm, yeah, I'm just going to serve my country. Like, I don't know that I ever had the balls to do that. Right. You know of what I'm saying? Not. Like, you know, I never do. And you always wonder what goes through a kid's head. Either the parent was a, you know, a, a military person. And, she and, had and, that. and did she have that she background had on, the, I was gonna, on her Okay. By the way, she's my stepdaughter, but she's my daughter, people. Okay, that's gotcha. my daughter. Okay. I, she so was, she had some military influence yes, her, somewhere. On her real father's side, he was in the military. Her grandfather, okay. grandmother was, her grandfather was like way up. So like big, big boy. I was wondering if there was a, a military influence or sometimes, and I don't know her background, but sometimes kids are just, they go through a rough spot and they, they don't know they're trying to find themselves or they're True. in and out of trouble. And I, and I didn't know if, if she wasn't if, in trouble at all, but she definitely, uh, was had trying to find the, herself. Yeah. yeah she sure. was trying to find herself like every kid at that like, age. Absolutely. Right? Like what I'm out of high school. I had this, what? this yep. blanket, this security yep. blanket of going to school and getting on the yep. bus every day. And yep. then all of a sudden it's like, yeah. Get out of the house yeah. and go get a job. And it's like a job. You mean I got to work 40 yeah. hours a week now? Yeah. I don't work just 12 anymore? Or, yeah. You know, and it, they don't know where shock. to turn. It is. It's it, a culture it, shock. It, it, it and is. So, and she had, again, she had those influences. Her, her, even her uncles were police officers. Okay. So she had that, that kind of feeling to okay. do that. Well, that makes um, sense. And so when she, uh, so that, and that, and she did. And so I just remember flying when she you know because you don't get to see them once they're gone right. they're gone for three months in yep, boot yep, camp okay yep. and the song came out because i'll tell you the quick story so she pulled a little fast one on dad and we, okay we went to go watch her graduate from boot camp mm-hmm. okay it was the most powerful celebration i've ever been to in my life i've been to some cool ass things in my life mm-hmm. great celebrations cool ass things right Nothing like that, man. No, I bet nothing. Not. It was chill bumps the whole time. Tears, you cried. It was just crazy. From pride, crazy. from uh, pride. Yes, yeah. it was unbelievable. So I sat there. I just remember that day, right? And so then 
when I come home, when she graduated from her training, which they flew her to, okay, her boot camp was in South Carolina. When they, and her, her training was done in uh, Victoria, I mean, in Victoria, Virginia. So when she does that, I said, well, I'm going to come, I'm going to fly up there and, and come watch you graduate from that. And she's like, dad, no, don't, don't do it because it's only literally that if there's no celebration, it's hand you the paper, you're, a, you've been Done. trained and yeah. you, and, and I went, Oh, and she, and she's like, so, and I said, well, I don't care. I'm coming to, you know, don't say my sergeant told you to save your money, dad. Don't spend the $700 to fly here. Don't do it. I was like, fine. And I was very upset. I wanted to go see her again. I hadn't seen her in three months. And, and so I said, that's fine, whatever. So then I was bummed out. And I remember my sister had been in a, a boot, a walking boot mm-hmm. from surgery on her leg and mom and hadn't been out of the house in eight weeks. So my mom says, let's take her out, your sister out, get her out of the house for God's sakes. And let's, so we go to the Outback Steakhouse. And this is the video that you're talking oh, about. You this saw song. It. I, I, I saw you it. Saw yes. It? But okay, I'm, see. but tell, oh, you continue your okay, story. Good, yeah. Good. So you see, okay. I'm sitting there at the table with, and I realized a couple other people came to meet us there, which was like her mother. And I'm thinking, wow, that's kind of, you know, which I still get along with her mom, sure, you, know, sure. you know, even though we're not together, I still get along with her mom very well. And so I'm sitting there thinking, that's kind of weird. But that's nice that they came out to see Melissa, you know, so the next thing you know, I hear the, the waitress behind me say, you know, sir, what would you like to drink? And I didn't answer. I just kept, you know, looking at whatever. Cause I was in a funk. I was not happy. And so she says again, sir, you know, do you know what you want for, to drink? I heard it again. And she, I can tell she's right here behind me, but I don't look. And my mom finally goes, Brett, are you going to answer her or not? You know, and I was like, uh, finally, I'm like, turn around to look to see. And it's, I see this girl and she's in army fatigues and she has her hat on and everything and looks just like my daughter. And it doesn't and register. I know it's right? not my daughter because my daughter said she's literally Virginia. flying straight to El Paso okay. to go to Fort Bliss. Mm-hmm. There's no and then what the army says goes. is what the army does. That's right? what they do. Right. So I thought, well, she no, it can't be her. She's in Virginia, and I'm looking at her, and I am confused. You can see the video, and I'm sure. kind of staring. And Bonnie, she took her hat off. She goes, "Are you going to hug me or what, Dad?" And it was my daughter, so I, wow. she got me so good. And of course, I bawled my eyes out. Uh-huh. So then, the weirdest thing. So how this song came about? I was playing those bells. Okay, first of all, all you listeners, do me a favor. Go subscribe to the YouTube, my YouTube channel, Brett Axelson on YouTube, okay? And look that video up. There's other videos of my songs out there, but look up Tears Would Fall because you'll see what Randy and I are talking about also. That's not the video that we were just talking about, but the song video, okay? Uh, so what happened was I was playing these bells, harmonics. And I just was playing them at the house because I was tuning my guitar and then that pattern came out somehow. My mom says, I love that. That sounds so pretty. And you ought to do something with that. I said, yeah, maybe I should. Long story short, one of them songs yep. went into my room, started playing it. All of a sudden, the song started coming together. Uh, the arrangement fell into place like that. I knew immediately what I'm writing about because I started saying, I started singing Tears Would Fall. Don't know why. Wow. It's just what came out of my mouth. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I literally, when it got to the chorus, I started going, Tears Would Fall, Tears Would Fall, whatever. And I thought, oh, tears would fall. Cool. Well, what that would be about? And immediately, boot camp. Yeah. All I could think about was boot camp because I bawled like a two-year-old to see my daughter walk across the field. Oh, I can imagine. In a platoon of 100 soldiers. And no, my daughter was in the middle of that platoon. Yeah. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And so it was like, oh, my God. So anyway, so I wrote the song right there on the spot. All the lyrics. Wrote the song. Had it recorded in a day and a half. 
So in one, literally, the whole song was recorded, done in one day and a half. And, and so I posted it because here how I was going to get back at my daughter for getting me that day. Mm-hmm. And you owed I thought, her. I thought, I'm going to get her back. So on Memorial Day, she always wakes up and checks her Facebook. And I'm going to have that video. And it's going to be on Facebook. And, was, and, so, and it worked just like I thought. That's awesome. So she gets up. She sees this video. Here's the song. And here's the other thing, guys. I never wrote a song about my daughter. All those years, I never wrote a song about my daughter. That's the first song. And now I got like 48. <laughs> I probably they just came to you afterwards, right? But it, but that was the first song. And man, now I've, you know, I've written about three or four more about her. But, but the bottom line is I put it on Facebook. And within about, I think, three weeks or something like that, it had 15,000 views. And I had people calling from other states, mm-hmm. calling my, getting a hold of me through Facebook, thanking me, thanking the military wow. through that song. And so it just, it ended up just being, a, uh, then I had another, uh, some other radio uh, people said, can we, are, are we allowed to play your song on our radio station? I said, absolutely. You know, I don't care about money or you're not going to get much anyway, but I was like, yes, for the military, not just for, sure. just for my daughter in the military. I don't want anything. You're take it and yep, play it. Sure. And so it got played in different radio stations in different States. And so it's, it's just, it well, was it's a, cool a it's an amazing song. And it, it like I said, it, it resonates to me more because it is your daughter. It is the military. And, and you're right. I've watched, I have no kids that have graduated from any kind of boot camp or any kind of military. I don't come from a military family, yeah, but, but I have watched, a lot of YouTube. I'm a YouTube junkie and I've watched a lot of graduations from the yeah. military academy or whatever. And I'll sit there and I'll get a knot in my throat. Oh. Like Jesus Christ. It's, it's like, I don't even have a, a, a direct connection yeah. to this in any kind of way, no. but it's the sense of pride. It is. And, and it's an amazing, and what amazing thing. Up. And this is what everyone needs to understand. Look guys, whether they go fight overseas or not, they're giving up what their whole life sure. to be, to give us freedom, whether they fight or not fight. Okay. And then you think about the ones that come back with, you know, postpartum and all that. Sure. Man, y'all it's real Yeah, that what they see and what they've gone through is horrific. And, and so we, we have to support them. Absolutely. Hug a soldier, hug a first responder. uh, My brother is, has been in law enforcement for over 20 years now. Yes. And, you know, I I have to say that I saw him graduate from the sheriff's office, Harris County Sheriff's Office. I have one brother, he's six years younger. younger. And that... It wasn't a military graduation, but it was a law enforcement graduation, and it was still very, it was a sense of pride that he's going to go out and he's going to defend and protect the front line of all the wrongdoers, all the pieces of shit that we have to deal with every day, and he's going to be the one that puts his life on the line to protect guys like you and I. My brother's keeper, right? I mean, that's that's what it's all about. So thanks thanks to all the first responders and military Jumping ahead, Axelson, you, you went out on your own. You played a lot of shows by yourself, but recently you're bringing the songs to life through live musicianship, and you've found a couple of guys. Talk to us about that. Tell me about how the band shaped up. What? Why now are you going with live musicians versus your tracks? Like, yes. Talk to me about that. Well, first of all, Ever, any of y'all out there believe that things happen for a reason, which I do. 
then here's your, here's a story. So Austin, Texas, we're going back. This is why it's so crazy how full circle life is sometimes. So I started my career in Austin, Texas, in Portland, Texas, yes. But when it really kicked in, my professional career was in Austin, Texas. At that time, in 1989, I met Chuck Fusen and his brother, CJ. They didn't play in the same band, but they were both musicians. Chuck played in a band called The Pictures. It was the the Sixth Street thing I was sure. telling you about. They're across the street tonight, yes. right? Yeah. I mean, we just, that's what it was. So we got to where we all knew each other. We would watch their show during a break. They would come watch our show during a break. This went on and on and on and on. So, okay, some people were asking, Brett, why did it take so long? Why did it take you three years to put together a band to do your songs? Well, Randy, you know for a fact, if you've ever been in, you play cover music or if you've ever been in a band, when you're playing a song that you don't like, you're not going to put a lot in it. It's sure. just the way it goes, people. I mean, it, it's... It's a chemistry it's, thing. Yeah. Right? So I knew, yeah, sure, I could go hire somebody. But if they don't like and believe in my songs, it's, a, it's just a mute point. So I realized I have to be patient and wait. Somebody's going to see my shows and hear my songs. And some musician, somebody, I believed in it. I believed in my songs enough, not me. I believed in my songs that somebody would go, do you have anybody that's playing with you? And that's what happened with Chuck and CJ. So here's how it worked. I stayed in friends with a girl that used to come out and watch Rat Ranch in Katy, Texas at Moe's Place. And uh, her name's Angela Coleman. And Angela was so sweet. She always kept in touch with me after Rat Ranch broke up and would just say, how I saw that you've been posting things. Looks like your solo stuff's going pretty well. And I was like, yeah, it's doing good. I go, well, did you, would you like any music? Yeah, I would. I sent her like 40 songs. <laughs> just here. You know, I just dumped them. She probably was like, I didn't mean that many. I just wanted one from you. But, I'll, but I dumped her 40 songs, right? Well, she called, doesn't get back in touch with me for like a week. And I was like, bummer. You know, I guess she doesn't even like it or well, I didn't know. And then she gets back in touch with me and goes, hey, Brett, love your songs. But uh, do you know anybody by the name of C.J. Fusen? Out of the blue. And, and the name immediately, boom, C.J. Fusen. That's, yeah. And I couldn't just, I just could not picture the face at the time or, you know, because it was just what a weird. And then she goes, how about, how about Chuck Fusen? And immediately I was like, C.J. and Chuck Fusen. Of course I know them. She said, C.J.'s my boyfriend. He's been listening to your music with me and wow. for a whole week. And he wants your number because he, he wants to play in a band with you. And so I call, he calls me. We talk. I said, he says, dude, I love your songs. I want to I I play them. And I said, well, I have another bass player in Austin that used to be my bass player in Double Take. And he lives in Austin named Brent Samperi. He goes, yeah, I know. I used to play in a band with Brent for four years. I went, what? He goes, yeah. I, he goes, but don't call Brent yet. He goes, let me ask Chuck. Because I think Chuck, when he hears your songs, he's going to want to do it. Yeah. So I got a hold of Chuck, listen to him. Now check this out. So I said, so Chuck listens. He does. He says, dude, I'm in. I want to do it. Let's do it. And I, so I went up to meet him. I said, guys, do me a favor before I get up there. We only need like 20 songs to do an hour and a half show. Because what we're, our goal is, was really to open up for some acts. We just wanted to be able to open up for some shows coming in town. Okay. Or, you know what I mean, whatever. I said, just pick 20 tunes. They weren't together. They didn't talk about it. They just picked 17 of the 20 songs. Were the same. Were the same. I knew right <clears throat> then, bam, they actually love 17. They both 
picked of 20. They're going to give me everything. They like them. Yeah. I mean, and so. Sure. And then they the, believed in the songs. They song, believed sure. in the songs. Yeah. And we had a meeting, not a meeting, a little little thing we talked last week when I went up to rehearse. And I told the guys, because I haven't said a word. I mean, it's been, we've just been rehearsing our ass off. And I hadn't even said anything like, oh, man, good job. <laughs> I haven't said right. nothing. Because yeah. I'm just, I'm not, I haven't been there. And I noticed, you know, remember you simplify, simple, you know. Yep. And so less is more. Well, I know when we were first rehearsing, it was kind of messy and busy and, you know, like CJ was playing a lot of stuff and it was almost too much. And Chuck was over there, you know, just kind of, fill, you know, filling around and things. And I, I was a little disappointed. You know, I wasn't sure. But what what was going on was they were searching for what they felt like was best, you sure. know, to, for themselves yes. to play. And as the time went on. It, it started, yeah. oh my God, all of a sudden I started hearing the songs become the song. What they and were supposed to be. even more yeah. so. Yeah. My tracks are what I, whatever I did, I did. But these guys are like seasoned players. Bringing them to life, oh, right? Like like night and day. I mean, yeah. And so all of a sudden I was like, holy smoke, I need to tell them. So I said, I stopped him after a, a head and soused one of my songs on that album, mm-hmm. a slow groove album. And I said, guys, stop, because Chuck played something really cool that I didn't play on the bass at all. He played, because he's a bass player, you know. Right. And so, and I stopped him and I told him, guys, I want to let you know what you all are doing is I'm so proud and, and so happy because y'all are making my songs, our songs mm-hmm. become our songs and you're making them come alive. Like I heard him in my head, but I, but I can't do that because I'm not the greatest bass player. I'm a decent bass player, but not like, you know, and I'm not a drummer. Yeah, uh, it's a drum machine I can program, but right, I'm not sure. a drummer. Right. CJ's a drummer. So just, yeah. man, CJ adds stuff that I, I don't, you know, long story short, they ended up saying, well, Brett, we like your songs. If we didn't like your songs, we wouldn't be standing here. Sure. And that made me, you know, feel real good. Even though it sounds kind of harsh in a, in a weird way, but yeah. they're saying we believe in your songs. We like them. We wouldn't. Well, and not going to waste our time exactly on that. The band has to believe in the music because they're not going to go out and fill that, and you're not going to get that energy from the performer if they're just up there doing the songs that are just mediocre to them. Like, and 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 I have that conversation, you know, sometimes with Terry. We we always agree to disagree. She's the non musician. I'm the musician, right? And she's like, you know, you're going to this place tonight. You need to play this song and that song. Those are more upbeat songs. And I said. What you don't understand is the artist has to play what they feel because that's what they're going to deliver best to the audience. And if the audience doesn't get it, it's like selling yourself out. It's like telling the artist, oh, don't paint that in blue. It should have been black. No, it shouldn't have because that's not how they saw it. Right. So you can't. I know. Unless you've sat on the stool or been behind the mic in front of the band, you you, you have to give the energy because and, otherwise and, you're, who are you? I mean, nobody will come watch you. Or anymore. you got to feel, you yeah. got to feel some people ask me, why do you write the sets before the show? Why don't you write your sets and have them already written and, and on a piece of, I go, cause when I walk into a place, you get a vibe or whatever. I already can look at an audience and go that song. Nope. Yep. And yep. now I'm sitting there destroying a set. I wasted all this time on realizing Half of those songs ain't going to work right on that set. Exactly. exactly. So it's easier for me to kind of go in early, take a look at the, you know, feel the vibe, write the set, 
go. That's how I do it. Yep. So. And is the, is there new stuff being recorded for for Axelson? Are you working on stuff that's art that you've already written that you're looking to perfect for live shows, live venue, or are you writing with Axelson? Hey, don't be still in my thunder. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> because no, this is what's beautiful. That just happened this last week. I told the guys I want to write a couple of songs that I've already written, but I want to write them with us three. No so click they're tracks, part of it. Yeah. No click tracks, just a three piece band. Yeah. And I said, I got two songs that I think would work really well as you know, you know what I mean? So I'm hoping, yes, I'm hoping that, well, there's tons. I have tons of songs. So yep. whenever we have the time, yes, we were going to definitely be starting to learn more songs. So it's Chuck and CJ and yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Chuck is the drummer. Chuck is the bass the player. The bass player, CJ. Drummer. Drummer. And then you're playing lead and rhythm, right? Okay. Which gotcha. is another funny one. I had to go and I forgot, you know, I forgot. I took all the leads out for a lot of the songs. So you could play them. Yeah. <laughs> we went to the rehearsal. You're going to be double timing now, bud. And I forgot I was supposed to play. So I was sitting there and the solo <laughs> part came up and I was just playing the rhythm and they were looking at me. And I go, oh. Oh, I yeah. I'm the lead guitarist oh, too, yeah. right? <laughs> I can hear the My rhythm. Part. Yeah, go, it's like oh. some of those guys in Rat Ranch you were talking about where they just stop playing their part, right? Yeah. So what's he doing? Curling like, his hair yeah, over there? CJ's what? just looking at me like, uh, you play. And so another one funny is that... Uh, Sometimes I, I don't mean to ask, but I ask because I, you know, we've been, we're playing so many songs and learning so many songs that you get a little lost. And I, and so I, even now, every now and then I would go, Hey, now where do we start on this one part or where? And, and CJ will look at me and go, you wrote the song. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh yeah. He goes, you should know. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. So, so it weird. It's just weird. It is. You know, what, how would you pigeonhole the music that you've written, like slow groove, what genre would you put it in? Is it just straight up rock and roll? Would you call it straight up rock and roll? I mean, you mean the album in general? Yeah, just the well, your your style, or like the style. Axel, Axelson. Okay. All right, let's just say Axelson. You, CJ, Chuck. Yeah. What what are you? What what kind of band are you? Right. I, I call it rock. Okay. Um, I I I think it's more like a. Uh, a little bit of country rock. Okay. It's way more rock than country. Okay. But it's definitely got a country little flavor to it. And at the same time, there's, uh, there's my oddness of songs that I love that, you know, like, you know, I love reggae. Yep. And so there's, we put a reggae song in there. Then there's, uh, you know, she's in my head, right? Yeah. yeah like, you yeah. know, now we're not doing that song, believe it or not, we're doing enjoy your stay. Okay. Uh, so, and which is on the cinnamon and fire album, which is a whole nother story that will, that's going to eventually, I'm going to put in a link to that and it will be available hopefully real soon. I was going to say, I've been looking for that and I haven't seen it like on Spotify so only. Yeah. So, oh okay. Well, well, we look That's forward whole, to that. And what's, I've got four albums already done. Okay. They're done. Well, I, 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 I look I just, forward to hearing those. I just have to put them, I just sure. got to figure out, do I go through the, the hassle of making a CD, the cover, the blah, 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 or do I just go, you know what, the hell with all that. Just dump it. Just dump it, you know, and, and maybe have the, maybe have a cover, uh, like a, a picture of what it would, the cover sure. would be like, but, sure. that, but not make the actual CD, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, and that's what's been stalling me. So everybody's like, well, dude. You're, you're overthinking you're, it. You're playing like 40 songs a night. Where are those songs? Yeah. I'm like, that's all I know. Yeah. I, that's like, you know, so I have to, like I said, I have like four albums wow. and then I got other albums, you know, that I've done 
you know, with double take and three of them with route ranch. And I mean, so I'm, sure. uh, and then I got a bunch of new ones that are, are already done, but not recorded fully. Yep. So I have like a total around 10, 10 albums that I should be releasing here. Hopefully That's a lot of material. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, Prince, Prince Axelson. We've been doing a long time. <laughs> I just haven't got him out there. Yet. Right. Right. So are there any shows coming up that you can talk of right yeah. now for Axelson yeah, with CJ and Chuck? Absolutely. Tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing a show tomorrow night, which is, uh, the, the 12th of February. Uh, in Austin, Texas, at a place called Castro's from nine o'clock till whenever we feel like stopping, as she said. Chuck is supposed to be playing a show with his fiance, but it's outside and it's supposed to be cold. Reason. So I'm yeah. thinking it's that winter again. Here in Texas, not, right? I think they're going to cancel that, I hope. And then that way we can play as the three piece tomorrow. Okay. Night. If not, I had my uh, uh, engineer do my tracks yesterday sent them to me that's got the uh, bass added back into the... Okay. So CJ will play live. Gotcha. But the rhythm tracks and bass tracks and background vocal tracks will we'll be, all there. be there. Yeah. And I'll be playing live guitar, live vocal, you know. And then we the big show, then the 26th of February, I'm at Swamp Shack in Kima. Okay. Or from 6 to 10. That's and by yourself. By myself. Right? Okay. Yep. Yeah, okay. totally a solo gotcha. Brad okay. Axelson show. And then uh, the 27th, the very next day, is back into Austin to play Castro's again as a full band. Okay. Then March 6th, back to Kima and do Jackie's Brickhouse okay. for our first debut Axelson show. Awesome. Uh, which was really cool because the VIP room sold out in one hour. Wow. And here's a funny story. I paid for the room. I bought the room, taking a shot. Thought, yeah. Oh, well, you know, a lot of money, but maybe I can sell it out. I don't know. So I pay for the pay for the room and I start, I put ticket sales. And this is what it is. You get, uh, there's a buffet, you get uh, your own, there's a, your own bathrooms up there, your own bartenders up there. So you, uh, so you have food and uh, also they give you some type of drink. I remember, but, but I put up, you know, whatever. And I started here and I tell everybody, you can purchase these through my Facebook page and by paying either PayPal, Zelly, you know, Venmo, Cash App, whatever. Well, while I'm sitting there, I'm playing acoustic and I'm working on songs I'm just, and I hear my phone, you know, because it tells you, know, bing, you know, sure, yeah. got money, bing, you know, and, after, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, when I keep playing it after a while, that kind of just went away out of my head because I'm concentrated on my guitar, you know, and I'm just doing my thing. And after a while, I was like, ooh, that's a lot of bings I've been hearing, you know. So I went on. <laughs> the room only holds 50, and I'd already sold 72. Wow. So I went immediately. I was, like, going on Facebook. Okay, sorry. Uh, that's it. Nobody. It's, we're done. <laughs> I mean, wow. I, so I Good for you. Accidentally, yeah, so in one hour, it sold. The room sold out. So uh, upstairs, the VIP room. And what's really cool is 30, about 30 of them are from my hometown of Portland, Texas. Nice. They're coming up. And to see my show. Very cool. Yeah. The, so, the, the hometown crowd. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, so, so John Barrera didn't break you off a good deal for the VIP room. Yes, he did. Oh, did he? Good. Yes, he good, did. Good. Cause I was going to say, if he didn't, I yes. might go that night and sneak in just in spite <laughs> of his ass. He's probably already going to be mad at me going, Brett, I told you, know how many people, are, I know I'll, we'll, I'll tell. It's a fire code, you know, right? Gonna, There's yeah, a I'm fire code. I'm trying to figure out, I don't know what I'm going to do, but 
So How we'll funny. figure that out. But, you know, so that, yeah, that was, that's a cool thing. Love John. Um, yeah, uh, John awesome. and I go way back. We lived together for a while. Uh, he's like a brother to yeah, me. Good, good great. dude. Him and his wife, Karen. Absolutely. For sure. Tell us where the listeners can find you on social media so they can find your shows and, and whatnot. And yeah. Okay. So you can go to Bretra Music on Instagram. Uh, you can also go to Facebook. You can go, uh, you can catch me on, go to my Facebook page, either Brett Axelson, or you can go to the Facebook page, Bretron Music. And we are also going to have a, a new page, uh, which will be the Axelson. Okay. Awesome. The Axelson band page. We haven't got it done yet, but it's, uh, we're just, but that will be done. Sure. Hopefully before the show without question. Uh, so that we'll get that going. You know how it goes. It's, oh, just, yeah. it's a, it's, everything's a process. It's it a all machine. takes time. Yep. Yeah. It just takes time and yep. everything, but it's, everything's going really good. You know, I'm happy, man. That's I'm, awesome. Uh, you know, I'm happy. That's uh, awesome. I, for people to want to, that come to my shows and, oh, and let me say this out there, all you clubs, thank you for supporting original music. Um, thank you for supporting a songwriter. Okay. I, I took a shot in the dark y'all. If it wasn't for y'all to believe in what I'm doing, you know, y'all are, y'all are believing in me and you bring me to your club and you, and people are liking it. And, and y'all, uh, and a lot of them are, have hired me back. Lots of them. Yep. And some are, don't, I know right when I play there, no wrong format. For yep. them. And it's not that they don't like me. They just like, oh, your format's not, sure. I get it. So, sure. but in general, I just am letting all the clubs out there know if you do want a singer songwriter, the show it's a show it's kind of a storytelling mm-hmm. show i tell the stories about my songs and it's a it's a different story it's a different show it's so but if you like you know just you know get a hold of me which you know, through my website yeah. or you can get a hold of me through fa- my facebook pages and i would love to come and do any of any of clubs out there i don't care where it's at i yep. don't I, it doesn't matter all over texas i don't care kudos to those bar owners restaurant owners yeah, that, that are fighting. trying to stay alive right now through all the yes. the covid and still bringing in the musicians yeah. i play at some of those places where it's like do. why why are you paying me to play here when you're struggling yourself i like i don't even want to take money from you There's but, been times but i didn't yeah kudos to those people real quick i'm going to hit you with some quick fire questions i call them quick fire questions where Sweet. i'm just looking for a a simple one word answer, or if you have to elaborate into a sentence, that's fine. We'll do that, and uh, I'll thank you for being on the show. So the first one is Beatles or the Stones? Beatles. Beatles. Van Halen or Hendrix? Oh, hang, hang on. I'm sorry. I went backwards. Stones, because of the uh, uh, the mass amount of songs. Okay. The mass amount of, of, of great Sure, songs. sure. Uh, the Beatles I loved because they were my inspiration, but when it comes right down to it, actually, it's the Stones. And you know what? I never was a big Stones me fan either. coming up, me but either. then I got into them me over too. the years, me right? Too. That's and exactly uh, what like, happened. Wow. To me. I started going, these dudes actually can write, yeah. and they write all kinds of stuff. Well, and I think, I think for me, it was um, when I started playing out professionally again, and I started doing songs like Angie and uh, Wild Horses, right? Yes. It's like, Wow, these songs are still powerful after yes. all these years, yes. right? So, yeah. I, I'm sorry I ended up. No, that's great. No, that's great. One night, but I was like, "Oh no, no. I got to go back." Good, good point. Van Halen or Hendrix? Hendrix. Summer or winter? Summer. TV or radio? TV. Perfect vacation. An island. I don't care. Island. Portland, uh, Portland, uh, Texas. Uh, yeah, even, even <laughs> you go to Portland. Yeah, right? do some fishing island, there, right? Baby. Yeah, yeah. You know? 
Acoustic or electric? <laughs> I didn't say the questions would be easy. I just said they were quick fire questions is all I said. Acoustic. Say. Okay. Interesting. I would have not thought that. Stay in or go out? Stay in. Rock or country? Rock. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. And uh, I, I, I was asking Paul these quick fire questions yesterday, and I said, feel free to plead the fifth on this one because you don't want to hurt people's feelings, but favorite place to play? Wow. Honestly, uh, probably Jackie's Brickhouse. Yeah. 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 I mean, not to hurt anybody's. Sure. I mean, it's only because that. It can be a vibe. It can it, be it, the, it, well, the it's setup. It's a lot of my fans show up there. Sure. And, and it allows me to actually be myself there. I like to be able to be myself and not feel uncomfortable. Sure. You sure. know, when I get uncomfortable, I feel like I tighten up and my shows sure. tighten up. I, I like to be more like Brett Axelson because you know me very well. I'm a, I'm a goofball at heart. Sure. I take my music very, very seriously, Yep. but I don't take myself seriously at all. Yeah. I mean, zero. So yeah. I, I would say that I've enjoyed some good shows at Jackie's myself. Yeah. I played both inside sure. and outside. And, you know, I grew up for the most part on that side of town. So yeah. all of my old friend, not, they're not technically old, but my old school, my school sure. friends and schoolmates, that's where they go to see me. Like I, I was the only I guess the only dumbass that moved to this side of the world and they stayed on in Pearland and Friendswood and all that. I came to Cyprus and so it's not right around the corner, as you sure. know. So it's not, you, you don't want to get out and have some beers and then have to drive an hour back home. Uh, I got so, one for you, Randy. I got one. All right. James Taylor or John Fogelberg? I would have to say Taylor for sure. There you go. Yeah. I just was curious. Yeah. Yeah, he's just smooth. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> just smooth. Favorite song to play live, either Axelson, original stuff, or or cover? Surrender from Cheap Trick. I love it. Absolutely. Mama's all right. Daddy's all right. Like all the guitar, everything. I've seen them so many times. And the Rick Nielsen, Robin Zander, yeah. you know, Bunny it. Carlos. So they, they never get old. And Good just, stuff. It's just a, it's a great song. It's fun to play. It's energetic. Yeah. The chord changes are all over the place. Oh, yeah. I love it. Love it too. Yeah. Formal training or play by ear? Play by ear. We've had that conversation yeah. before. I know. Learned everything. Taught myself how to sing. Taught myself how to play. Yep. So all of it. So number one influential musician or band? ACDC. Because of Bon Scott and Angus Young. Sure. But the secret of what really was Malcolm. I loved what Malcolm. The rhythm. The rhythm section. Oh, my God. Malcolm Young played the greatest guitar riffs ever. Yeah. And And, and they were so, and they were, there was nothing flashy about any of their stuff. It was just straight driving rock and roll. And I can remember. hooky. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same chords all it's, the time. It's the it's same like, power chords. And, and they just, was, I don't get it. Go, we go back to the conversation of simple is better sometimes. It's incredible. I can remember being in Woodville, Texas in a shack cabin in the middle of the woods with my good buddy, Paul. You got, uh, we, we, you got we, a pretty we, mouth, boy. <laughs> and we would retreat there. We would play music just out in the country by ourselves and yeah. whatnot. And the first time he pulled up a DVD in this cabin 
and it was ACDC live at River Plate. Oh, huge. And Jesus freaking Dude, Christ. Is These that people, out of control? The people were out of control, awesome. and there was a sea. A sea of yes had to have been a hundred thousand people at the, the show. One of my favorite ones to watch. Holy so cow! And the, the crowd and these the, people don't stop the whole. The whole they're time. bouncing the whole time. It's it just like awesome. amazing. <laughs> and there's people with Angus tattooed on oh, yeah. them, and oh, it's yeah. like just uh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, just total worship. You know, great stuff over the year. Greatest song of all time. Oh wow! Who can name one? But I had to ask the question. Um. Well, okay. Not what I like, but what I just feel like is just a great, one of the greatest songs ever. It's going to be somewhere with the Eagles and Don, or Don Henley, because Don Henley on his own had like Heart of the Matter mm-hmm. in a New York minute. Yep. Uh, so those two <clears throat> songs right there are incredible. But Hotel California is, is, is it's a good one. It's hard to, I mean, everything about it. I yeah. just sit there and listen to the whole thing and go, no wonder it's iconic. Sure. Every single thing about the song is gigantic in its own way. The dueling guitars, everything. I mean, everything. The, the melodies, All the harmonies, everything. The everything, yeah. I just sit there and just go, it doesn't get much better. Than that. Exactly. Mean, how did they do that, you know? But you know what's, hey, all you people out there, Don Felder, he's the man who did that. He sure All is. of it. He did all of it and brought him a cassette tape and said, I've been working on this. What do y'all think? That's how that came about. So amazing musicians. All, yeah. So, and he's on, he does his own shows, obviously. Sure. Have you ever seen his, any of his live? Uh-uh. Oh, do you go? He's, he's fantastic. Really? Yeah. I didn't wow. even, I was very blown away. Wow. I didn't, I've never seen him out. live. I saw and him I went and watched one of his shows live. I was like, whoa, wait. I saw He's, Sammy Hagar doing an interview with him on, uh, I think it's Sammy Hagar's Road Trip, road trip. on oh, yeah, something road trip. like that. Oh, yeah. That was a that was a good one. I think he's in Vegas or something yeah, or yeah. has a has a residency yeah, in, yeah. in Vegas. But last one, greatest podcast on the internet. Randy Holtz. <laughs> what did you? I'll, yeah. I'll pay you later. <laughs> Well, Brett, thanks for driving across town to the studio here, joining me. I look forward to seeing the new guys, hearing new music. We look for that to drop. Uh, Certainly keep us posted on that. As always, I ask the listeners to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. If you can do a review, I think that that's what's going to help set Backstage Pass Radio apart from other podcasts out there. So, Please take time to do a review if you'd be so kind. Also, you can find the show on Facebook at Backstage Pass Radio, Instagram at Backstage Pass Radio. The website is backstagepassradio.com. And you guys uh, stay safe out there. Take care of one another. Again, Brett, thanks for being here. And we'll see you guys soon. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Backstage Pass Radio. Make sure to follow Randy on Facebook and Instagram at Randy Halsey Music and on Twitter at R Halsey Music. Also make sure to like, subscribe, and turn on alerts for upcoming podcasts. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to share the link with a friend and tell them Backstage Pass Radio is the best show on the web for everything music. We'll see you next time right here on Backstage Pass Radio.